and a delegation of local cyclists escorted her aboard a French paquebot, the 413-foot steamship Sydney. Deeply moved by the outpouring of affection, she wept. Then Miss Annie Londonderry and her sterling bicycle sailed away through the Mediterranean toward the Suez Canal and points east. But unbeknownst to the people of Marseille, the young cyclist from Boston with the Irish name was, in fact, Annie Cohen Kopchovsky, Mrs. Simon Max Kopchovsky, a Jewish working mother of three young children, ages five, three, and two. What the people of Marseille also didn't know was that Mademoiselle Londonderry was not simply a cyclist on an around-the-world journey, but an illusionist possessed of what one American newspaper called an inventive genius. She was, to be sure, making a trip around the world by wheel, though she made liberal use of steamships and trains as well, but just as Londonderry was not her real name, with Annie Kopchovsky, things were rarely as they appeared. There were even some who questioned whether she was a woman at all. By the time she arrived in Marseille, Annie was halfway through a traveling 15-month theatrical production starring herself, a veritable one-woman carnival on wheels who turned every Victorian notion of female propriety on its ear. An inveterate storyteller, consummate self-promoter, and masterful creator of her own myth, she turned her journey into one of the most outrageous chapters in cycling history, and herself into one of the most colorful characters of the gay 1890s. For more than a century, the story of the audacious and charismatic Annie Kopchovsky and her attempt to circle the world by wheel has been lost to history. Who was this mysterious young woman on a bike? What was she like? How did she free herself from the social constraints that surrounded late Victorian women and undertake such an adventure? Finally, how did an anonymous working-class Jewish mother from the tenements of Boston's West End transform herself into a new woman, the daring, internationally renowned globetrotter Mademoiselle Londonderry? In short, what happened? Chapter 1 Going Woman Annie Kapchowski is a poor rider, but intends to do the earth. Good health to all, good pleasure, good speed, a favoring breeze, but not too high for the outbound spin. Who rides may read the open secret of earth and sky. Anonymous, Scribner's Magazine, June 1895. Monday, June 25, 1894, was a perfect day for baseball in Boston. The weather was fair, if somewhat overcast, but the hometown team, the Bean Eaters, was in Louisville to play the Colonels. The big news this early summer day, news carried by telegraph cables to newspapers across the country and around the world, was the assassination the previous day in Lyon of French President Sadi Carnot at the hands of an Italian anarchist. With the South End baseball grounds on Columbus and Walpole Streets quiet, some who might have gone to the ballpark chose instead to ride the swan boats plying the lagoon in the Boston Public Garden. Others sat on benches, reading the news from France. Pedestrians strolled along gently curved walkways under the garden's graceful willows. If any of them had wandered the short distance to the gold-domed Massachusetts State House on Beacon Hill, they would have been treated to an unusual sight. There, at about eleven o'clock in the morning, a crowd of five hundred suffragists, friends, family members, and curiosity seekers gathered at the steps to see a young woman about to attempt something no woman had before, 
an around-the-world trip by bicycle. Annie Cohen Kopchovsky arrived in a barouche accompanied by a friend, Mrs. Obert Town, and Mrs. J.O. Tubbs, head of the local chapter of the Women's Christian Temperance Union, WCTU. Her close friends, Pear Stone and Susie Wysansky, were there to meet her. Governor Greenhalge was expected to preside over the proceedings, but sent word at the last moment that he could not attend, much to Annie's disappointment, no doubt. Though the event lost something of the glamour that comes with state patronage. The scene was a festive one. Annie was dressed in typical late Victorian attire, a long dark skirt, a dark blue tailored jacket with billowing leg of mutton sleeves, a white shirtwaist with a striped collar and a neat bow tie, dark gloves, and a flat-topped hat, under which her dark hair had been tied up in a tight bun. She was short and lightly built, reported the Boston Post.